0: Welcome to the podcast sermon portion of the worship service from First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. We invite you at some time to come and worship with us live on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. We're located at the corner of Ashland and Elm in LaGrange, Illinois. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, find our website at FPCLG.org. On that page, you can scroll to the bottom and be invited to participate in this podcast ministry on our contributions page. Please make a gift at whatever level you are able. Thank you so much, and we trust you will be blessed by this podcast ministry. Let's join the worship service with a scripture reading already in progress.
1: Our first scripture reading in the morning is um, from the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy, and that's on page 179 in the Pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. Deuteron- Deuteronomy 39 through 14. And the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all your undertakings, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your soil. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors, when you obey the Lord your God by observing his commandments and decrees that are written in the book of of the law, because you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get get a For us, so that we may hear it and observe it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, "Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us, so that we may hear it and observe it?" No, the word is very near to you; it is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. May God bless the reading and hearing of His word.
0: From Paul's letter to the church in Colossia, the first chapter. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of truth, the gospel that came to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day that you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Join with me in prayer. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable to You, O Lord. For You alone have words of eternal life. Amen. Uh, for the 29 years and change that I worked as a counselor at the Karen Counseling Center of Evergreen Park Ministry, I think there was one book that I recommended more than any other. It was Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. Now many of you have actually read the book. uh, I thought of it for today's sermon because this past week I read an article that said Gary Chapman's book Five Love Languages is 30 years old and I suddenly realized I am older than I thought I was. But that's a, a thought that occurs to me almost every morning when I wake up and muse over the fact that I have never been this old before. Uh, For those of you who are too young or too old to have read Chapman's book or it never came across your scope, uh, Gary Chapman did an amazing job of conveying the importance of learning and speaking your partner's love language. Being able to comprehend how it is that they perceive being loved, which isn't necessarily the same as the way in which you were trying to communicate to them that you love them. As a result of how we're raised and the experiences we have, Chapman asserts that we give and receive love in particular ways, that lots of things we do we think are telling our partner we love them, but if they don't know that you are speaking love to them, they don't experience it as love. You may actively attempt to, to give feelings to your partner, but if the way in which it is received is not comprehended as love, they don't they don't hear it. It's, it's misdirected. The book does a great job in helping out couples understand the problems uh, that is in a relationship. Often it is not a lack of love, it's an inability to communicate that love so that the other person hears it. The five love languages Gary Chapman found were quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, and acts of service those five now your brain may come up with others and Chapman is free to admit that this is not necessarily exhaustive but in his years as a marriage counselor he found these five clusterings of behaviors the book includes a quiz every good self-help book should include a quiz And in fact, in the 30 years since Chapman first came up with Five Love Languages, he's turned it into something of a a little bit of an industry. And uh, there is a website, fivelovelanguages.com. That's the number five and then lovelanguages.com. And you can go to that website and you can click on quizzes and take the love language quiz to find out what yours happens to be. I recommend the book because I think it is a good book. It's helpful. And firsthand, I can tell you that Danny and I read the book many, many years ago, and I suddenly understood that she perceived my taking out the garbage or bringing down the laundry without being asked as love, more so than my showing up with flowers. How weird is that? Now she likes flowers, don't get me wrong, but when the flowers are getting a little wilted and the petals are falling off and they're beginning to you know, droop, she considers my bagging up the dead flowers and carrying them out to the garbage as more loving than when I came in the house with the flowers in the first place. Again, Chapman's clear, it's not our job to, to judge and, and try and explain that that's bizarre. But if I want to convey love to Danny, I need to do so in a language that she appreciates, that she understands. I have to translate my love into words and actions that she receives as love. And think about Chapman's book this past week, which I went through with many many couples over the years. I wondered on this 30th anniversary of its publishing if there was any insight into our relationship with God. Bear with me, put it another way, What's God's love language? What's God's love language? Or how am I attempting to express my love to God? Now our gospel lesson this morning, which we didn't read because it's a story you already know, from Luke chapter 10, a lawyer comes to Jesus and says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what are the commandments? And he says, well, to love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, very good. Do that and you will live. The next phrase, however, the lawyer wanting to justify himself asks, who is my neighbor? And then, of course, we get the story of the Good Samaritan. We didn't need to read that. You you know the whole tale from beginning to end. Except hidden in plain sight is the key that I think opens up the question about how we love God. And it is the lawyer's response wanting to justify himself. Now you can chalk up this sermon to the fact that Danny and I just spent a week in COVID quarantine after her positive PCR test and then she pointed out that she never leaves the house so we know how COVID got in. (laughs) So it's been five days of hanging out together in fairly close quarters but if there is one thing that has made that time significantly more burdensome I need to tell you it is the phrase wanting to justify himself I'm not going to go into details because most of them are not really flattering to me. But there are few words less useful in expressing love than wanting to justify myself. I said, I thought that's what you wanted. Wanting to justify myself. In other words, wanting to take what I was already doing anyway and turning it, after the fact, into something that I claim was in reality not selfishness, but upon closer inspection, an act of my selfless love towards you. You understand that things didn't necessarily go all that well this past week. Fortunately, for me, just before we got hunkered down in quarantine, a generous member of our congregation gifted me with his band saw. When he and his wife delivered it to our garage, I realized that this act uh, may have been an expression of love language in their relationship, because he was gifting me his bandsaw, which he had received as a gift earlier, was passing it forward. Uh, But as they were leaving, his wife said, I've been trying to get that dumb thing out of the garage for months. Anyway, assembling uh, assembling my brand-new, new-to-me, digit slicer, Oiling the pulleys and aligning the belt and ordering a couple of parts so that it would hum seamlessly occupied a great deal of my quarantine attention. Attention that I did not share inside the house on significantly less important things like cleaning up after dinner or bringing the laundry down or uh, cleaning up the sawdust that I kept tracking into the house from the garage where I was working with the bandsaw. When it was brought to my attention, that some of my inside usefulness had been truncated. I pointed out all the possibilities of the projects that would wonderfully occur because we had this glorious acquisition of a bandsaw. Wanting to justify myself, I took what I was doing anyway and spun it as it was somehow for her advantage. That thing you do that, the, the, that thing that I do that annoys you you have to understand, deep down, I'm, I'm doing it for you. <laughs> now, here's a, here's a little secret. Um, just about any sentence that involves the phrases, you have to understand <laughs> and for you, is really not going to go well, and it's really not going to sound like love. Fortunately for me, Danny's patience, And love extends beyond my lame explanations. But herein is the translation. Taking what we are doing anyway and calling it love isn't love. It's self-justification. When God had given the law to the people of Israel, the children of Israel, and we come to the conclusion of the law, in the book of Deuteronomy in the 30th chapter there are four more chapters but it's all about history what happened after they received the law and the handoff of of responsibility for the people from Moses to Joshua but when it comes to the end of the law it's made fairly clear here's the handbook it's how you're supposed to treat one another it's how you're supposed to treat the land and it's how you're supposed to show worship So don't claim that I've made it complicated. In fact, there's a summary way back at the beginning in the book of Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And in the 19th chapter of Leviticus, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In this summarizes all of the detailed laws. There's God's love language. Thinking and acting beyond yourself thinking and acting beyond what you would do if it was all about you. And the way we should perceive others is to consider ways that they are stepping outside of themselves because when they do so, they are enacting their love of God. Now, one of the problems with church is our tendency to define God's love language based on what we do anyway and call it love. What does God want from you? Well, the five love languages. Quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, acts of service. Any one of those expressions which are not self-justification is a movement forwards in expressing our love of God. Uh, Somehow we insist that we show our love for God by showing up for church on Sunday morning. But if you show up for church on Sunday morning because you really have nowhere else to go, uh, is that genuinely construed as love? I know for some people getting here once every six weeks is a major project. Between their own physical infirmity, between the opportunity to be able to get a ride, between the opportunity to be able to feel well enough to be able to sit long in a sanctuary, is a burden for them and it's a lot of work, but they only show up once every six months. We can't see that as necessarily an expression of love. And don't get me started about words of affirmation. You know, of course, when you compliment your pastor, you're doing God's work. <laughs> and, you know, when we shake hands with people we like and genuinely miss and we give hugs to people who we are, well, you know, it's nice to be nice to the nice. But that's not necessarily an expression of moving beyond ourselves, of stretching if it's something we're going to do anyway and not taking us out of our comfort zone that takes strength that's why Paul when he writes to the church in Colossia brand new Christians he's writing to them he prays that they have strength and patience may you be made strong with the strength that comes from God's glorious power may you be prepared to endure everything with patience joyfully giving thanks to the Father who enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light What makes it love isn't that it is well done. What makes it love is not that it's well done. Learning a new language takes time and it risks being misunderstood. What makes it love is that it's done anyway. It Wasn't easy or natural for the Samaritan to stop and be neighborly to the one beaten up on the road but because he stopped because he responded because he did what was needed not what was convenient he is forever remembered as good it's not complicated as God said in Deuteronomy it's not all the way up into heaven where you have to ascend to get to it it's not across the sea where you have to journey to find it it's right in front of you it's not complicated But I will confess, it's hard. It requires heart and soul and strength and thought. Love is nestled not in what we do naturally. It is in what we do intentionally based on what is needed. That's why the words, thoughts, and prayers have almost become mocked. They are perceived of as lame. We will offer our thoughts and our prayers. Unfortunately, in many instances, that's exactly what is needed. The problem is not the words, thoughts, and prayers. It's that they are said without thought, and with no prayer. Real thought and real prayer are seldom exercised, but often cited. If with loving hearts we were really thinking hard about solutions and making a difference and praying diligently for ways to bring change, to show love beyond ourselves, then thoughts and prayers would actually begin to offer some answers and help The problem is when they're intertwined with self-justification. When they're offered by people who neither think nor pray. Besides, it's a sad and complicated world. It's an overwhelming place. There's only so much I can do. Sometimes it's more than I can handle. I think that I will... Well think and pray while I play with my new bandsaw. Hmm. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join with me in the Apostles' Creed as our affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus.